Well, turning your Bibles to Luke 16, we're continuing, of course, our study of the Gospel of Luke. Luke presents Jesus as the perfect man. He is, of course, the Son of God who came as the sacrifice and the substitute for the sins of the world. As we're continuing our study, and, and we stopped a little bit right before Christmas, as we're continuing our study, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to complete the ministry that the Father had given him. He has come to fulfill the will of the Father, that is to die, to die on the cross, to rise again, to pay for sins, to conquer death. In our study, we have seen that he has left uh, the, the northern part of Israel, Galilee. He's come to Jerusalem. He's come to the place that he's going to be crucified. He continues to teach both the crowds and the religious leaders and his disciples. Well, this morning, we're going to see Jesus teaching, and it's concerning the issue of stewardship. Jesus gives a parable which is often misunderstood. In fact, when you read the verse where it says, And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. People say, What do you mean he praised him? He just he lost a lot of his money for him. Why would he praise him? How does this fit? And when it says, Jesus says, Make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness. What does that mean? Well, we're going to see this. It's often misunderstood. We call it the the uh, the, the uh, unrighteous steward. And we're going to see what can we learn from this parable, what's going on, and how can we make an application. May we learn some great truths from our study this morning. Well, we know that the Bible is alive and powerful and sharper than the two-edged sword, and, and it always impacts us. It's never void. It always accomplishes its purpose. God tells us, God's Word tells us that our Savior is the sovereign ruler, and He is the provider and protector. Peter teaches us that he has given us all things to enjoy. It is a truth that is sometimes missed. All that we have comes to us from God, everything that we have. And we are accountable to God for all that we have. Our time, possessions, money, gifts, talents, all from God and it will be used for His glory. The Bible calls this stewardship. And we'll talk about it as we get into the passage. We've been entrusted by God with all these things to use for His glory. So as we study this morning, Jesus shows this parable, this story about an unrighteous steward. That's what most people call it. We want to be wise as we seek to make an impact for Jesus Christ. We want to be faithful stewards of all that God has given to us. Well, let's begin. Jesus is nearing Jerusalem. His plan is to go to the cross, being the final sacrifice for sin forever. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As he nears the end of his earthly ministry, he continues to teach. And over the last several weeks, right before Christmas, we saw some powerful subjects that he dealt with. He talked about salvation. We talked about discipleship. He talked about, we saw the, the prodigal son, about the whole idea of restoration and rewards and all of those things. But as we continue this morning, there is another subject that we all need to know and understand, and it's the subject of stewardship. We want to be wise, faithful stewards of all that God has entrusted to us. And I, I, my prayer is that as we study this, our lives will be changed as we see truths from God's Word. This morning, what we want to do is four things. We've got four questions that we want to look at. or four, Not four questions, but four things. First of all, what is stewardship? We want to define it. What does it mean? Then what is our responsibility in stewardship? And what do we do? The third thing, as we'll see, is the parable from Luke 16, which is the unrighteous steward. We'll see that. And then finally, the goal and end result. So we'll see all that. And that's really in the first ten verses this morning. We'll stop there. Next week, we'll come back and get verses 10. 
10 through 18, but there's some really hard things there. And then the week after that, we get one of the most famous stories beginning about verse 19. It's the rich man and Lazarus, and they go to the heart of the earth, and we'll talk about that one. So the next two to three weeks, there's some great things in there. Let's start with the very first question, and that is, what is stewardship? So often when people hear the word or they use the word, they're thinking of giving. They're thinking of money. They're thinking of finances. They're thinking of a church program. They think of things like the stewardship committee or money and budget. Stewardship deals with so much more than giving, in a sense, and a church program. The Greek word stewardship is oikonomos, which oikos means house, nomos, which means law. It means the house law or the law of the house. A steward or stewardship or a steward was someone who was entrusted to manage a house or a business or possessions for someone else. So if someone was a steward, he was in charge of something for someone else. He was trusted sometimes, especially when this was written, sometimes it was a slave in a household who the master said, I'm entrusting my stuff to you. You run this. Sometimes it was somebody was hired. Sometimes it was overseeing a business. Sometimes it was overseeing the household. They were entrusted with a responsibility by the owner or the master. So the steward was one to oversee and to use wisely that which had been entrusted to him. In this parable, the steward in there is called a manager, and he was to oversee the owner's business. We'll see it as we go through. So a steward is one who has been entrusted with a responsibility. That takes us to question number two, and that is, what is our responsibility in stewardship? What, what are we supposed to do? As those who belong to Jesus Christ, we've trusted Christ as Savior, we're ambassadors for Christ, we are called children of God, we are also called slaves and stewards. First Corinthians 4.1 says, let a man regard us as slaves of Christ and stewards of the mysteries. He goes on to say in verse 2 that it is required of stewards to be found faithful. We have all been given a trust from God, a, a responsibility. We are responsible to use wisely what God has given to us. So every one of us in this room, we are stewards of our Savior and of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. He has entrusted to us things. Well, we'd say, well, what has he entrusted to us? Well, think about this. He's entrusted time to us, our lives, the time that he's put on this earth. In fact, Ephesians says, you know, redeem the time, live wisely, making the most of the time. He's given us money. He's given us possessions. He's given us gifts, talents, and abilities. First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has been given a spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift, use it. Use it to employ it in serving one another. So he has given to all of us time and money and possessions and gifts and abilities and all of these things. And we are stewards of God and we are responsible to use what he has entrusted to us wisely. All of this has been given to us to be used for the glory of God. So we're to be wise stewards of what's been entrusted to us. Our time, our money, our gifts, our life, our service, all from God. As I mentioned a while ago, the key is to be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, brethren, it is required of stewards to be found trustworthy or to be found faithful. We must come to the realization that everything we have... See, it's not, it's not I got this, and I'm going to give away a little portion of this to God. This is mine, this is God's. That's not how it works. Everything you have is God's. He's entrusted it to you to use it wisely for His glory. That's what he's talking about. We have to come to the realization that all we have has been given to us by God. It's not really ours. We are stewards. We are to use it for His glory. 
the time that you have on this earth, the gifts, the money, the things, all from God to us for His glory. We've been entrusted with this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What do you not know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. So understand something. Stewardship is not about giving a little bit away and then using the rest for ourselves. It is understanding that everything we have has been given to us by God. It belongs to Him, and no matter what we give away or what we keep, it is for His glory, and it is to be used wisely. Everything we have. We are God's children, God's stewards, entrusted to us to use wisely all that He's given to us. Now, from this, he's going to give a a story. Some call it a parable. Sometimes we call it the parable of the unrighteous steward. It's a little bit unusual, and it's a little bit hard on some of the things that are said in there. So let's see the parable of the unrighteous steward. Let me give you a brief overview. There's a rich man. He has a steward. He has a man called a manager or a steward that is overseeing his business for him. He hears that the man is not doing a good job. In fact, he hears that the man is squandering His wealth. So he calls him in and says, I want an accounting of what you've been doing. You can't be my manager anymore. You can't be my steward. Man's lost his job. What's he going to do? And we see what he does as we look at the parable or the story. And then we can make some applications from it. What can we learn? Well, let's see it. Look at chapter 16, verse 1. He was also saying to the disciples, and of course this is Jesus' teaching, he was also saying to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. Now he was saying to his disciples, you remember he's been teaching the crowds, there were times he taught the whole crowd, sometimes he taught the religious leaders. In this particular passage, he's now turned to his disciples. That means those men that are with him, the, 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 the ones that he's chosen, but then there's some others as well that are, that are following him. A disciple is one who's not only believed in Christ, but is following him and living for him. So he turns to his disciples, and what he wants to do is he wants to make sure they knew how to live. He wants them to realize they're to be faithful what God has given to them. They are to be wise stewards in the same way we are too. Now, what is what he says? He says, there was a rich man who had a manager, and this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. Now, the rich man had a manager. The word manager is oikonomos. It's the word steward or stewardship. He has a steward. He has a guy that works for him. He has a guy that he's entrusted his stuff to. It's like he said, here's my business. Here's my oil. Here's my wheat. Here's miss. You handle it for me. Handle my business. That is his job. He's a steward. He's to be a wise steward. He said there was a rich man who had this manager, had this steward, and the manager was reported to him as squandering his possession. It was reported to him. This is a strong word. It literally is the word to be accused, to bring a charge against. Somebody came to the master and said, do you know that your steward is not doing a good job? He's squandering your wealth. He's making an accusation against the steward. He said he was squandering his possessions. Now, the word squander means to use up or to waste. This is the same word used. Remember when the prodigal son went off and he took his, his uh, inheritance and he squandered it? It's the exact same word. He's used it up. So word gets to the owner, to the master, that his steward is messing up with his stuff. So what's he going to do? Now, we realize this. This man was not faithful. And we are to be faithful 
to use wisely all that God has given to us as God's stewards. We're to be faithful with what he has entrusted us. Well, what does the owner do? Well, he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, for you can no longer be a manager. He called him in and said, What in the world is going on? What do I hear about you? I'm hearing this. I won't give an account of your... And it says management in my New American Standard. It's the word stewardship. He says, Give an account of your stewardship. For you can no longer be steward. That's what he says. I want to know what's going on. Show me what you've been doing with what I have entrusted to you. Now, you may not realize this, but every one of us in this room, one day we will stand before our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we'll be giving an accounting of all that we have done with what he entrusted to us. We'll stand before our Savior. Second Corinthians 5.10, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be recompensed for the things that we've done in this body, whether good or worthless. Romans 14, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall praise to God. Therefore, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Has not, nothing to do with salvation. We're talking about taking what God has entrusted to us and using it for his glory. And one day we stand before him and he'll either say, well done, good and faithful servant. The steward, you did great. Or we'll be ashamed at his coming. He said, you can no longer be my manager. You can't be my steward anymore. The owner knows he's been unfaithful. And he's losing his responsibility. What's he going to do? Verse 3. The manager said to himself, Self, what shall I do? Since my manager, since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. Now he said to himself, what am I going to do? I'm losing my job. I'm losing my responsibility. It had been a privilege to have that job, to be a steward. Even if he was a slave that put him in a tremendous position in a household to work for the master and to have that kind of responsibility. So being a steward is a great privilege. Every one of us in this room have a great privilege from God. He says, I'm going to entrust to you time, money, possessions, gifts, talents, abilities. I want you to use them for my glory. And I'm entrusting them to you. What a privilege. Every one of us in this room who know Christ. He says, I don't know what I'm going to do. My master's taken away my management, my stewardship from me. I'm not strong enough to dig. I don't want to go out and do a physical job. I don't, I don't want to do a physical job. I've had one of those jobs that says, go buy this and buy this and sell this. I don't want to do that. And I'm ashamed to beg. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, how am I going to make a living? I don't want to have to work hard for a living. I'm not used to doing that. And then he comes up with an idea. I know what I shall do. So that when I am removed from the management, so when I lose my stewardship, people will welcome me into their homes. He says, I know what I'm going to do. So when I lose my job, people will let me come and work for them or, or welcome into their homes. Notice he's saying this, I'm going to make friends and then they'll want me to work for them. I'm going to do something so that when I lose this job, I can get another job. I'm going to do something so that I might, in a sense, you could say, get rewarded. I'm going to do something that will give me... Now, listen carefully. He's going to do something that will gain for him future benefits. This is the key. This is the key for all of us. He's going to do something now that will gain future benefits. What's he going to do? Verse 5. And he summoned each one uh, of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. 
And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. He called each one of those, and he's probably got a list of them. He's got them all out there. He's come bringing them in one at a time to talk to them. And he brings in the first guy, and he says, I'm, I must do you owe my master. And he says, I owe him 100 measures of oil. He said, look, just sit down, right, sit down quickly and pay 50. Pay for 50. He cut the bill in half. He's going to bring another guy in, and he says, how much do you owe? He says, 100 things a week. He says, uh, pay 80. Now, what's he doing? Now, notice he says, do this quickly. There's several views on what's going on. First one is this, that he's cutting his profits, that he had a part in this, and that as the master would get a 100, he would get some of that. And so some are saying he's just cutting out the part he would have gotten. I'm not sure he would have gotten half of it, okay? So I'm not sure that's what's happening. Here's number two. Some people think he's cutting the master's share. The master's supposed to get 100. He's only going to get 50. master's supposed to get 100. He's only going to get 80. People say, whoa. That's why he said, sit down quickly, pay the 50, and get out of here. There's a third view that says that he's cutting the interest, that his master was charging interest that he wasn't supposed to charge. If you look back in Deuteronomy, his fellow Jewish people, he wasn't supposed to charge this interest. Some saying all he's doing is cutting out the interest and the guy's paying what he really owes. Well, it doesn't really matter exactly how it is because we don't know what's going on. My guess is that the guy owes 100 and he cuts it to 50, so the guy will say, I like you. You're my friend. And the other guy goes 100 and he cuts it to 80 so that that guy will look at him and say, hey, thanks, man. You cut my bill. I like you. Because what he's going to do, remember what he said back in verse 4? I know what I'm going to do so that when I'm removed from the management, people will welcome me into their homes. He's trying to gain friends. He's trying to use what the master has for future benefit. Look what he happens. He brings in the other guy. Then he said to the other, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. So here's the key. He is using the master's possessions for his future benefit. Now the surprise is that's what we're supposed to do. Use the master's possessions for future benefit. We're to use what God has given to us now for our future benefit when we stand before him and he says, well done. Watch what happens in this passage. And his master, verse 8, this is what's confusing. A lot of people go, what is he going on? And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. The master praises the unrighteous manager, the steward. Why? Because he acted shrewdly. He was wise. He said, I'm going to use my master's possessions for my future benefit. Now, I want you to notice two things. One, that he's still called unrighteous. The master's not praising him for being unrighteous. He's praising him for his shrewdness. How he did, not exactly what he did. He is using the master's possessions for a future benefit. Now, I want you to think about this. 
The master praised him for his clever plan. He used the master's possessions to make friends for future benefit. I want you to understand what Jesus is teaching. He's not saying be unrighteous. He's teaching this. Use wisely the things that are entrusted to us now, the master's possessions, for future benefit. We're to take what God has entrusted to us now. They're His, not ours. It's not our car. It's not our life. It's His life. It's for us. He says, I'm giving you this much time on this earth. We're to use what He has entrusted to us for future benefit. Our time, our possessions, our money, all things. We're to use them now for the future because there's going to be a future time in which you will stand before your Savior and He can reward you the way you used His possessions now, the things that He's entrusted to you now. We're to use wisely what He has entrusted to us now. So that's the point. Wisely use what God has given to us now so that in the future will be rewarded. That's why he is praising him, because he's saying, you wisely used my stuff to help you in the future. Because what did he do? Now, he did it for a selfish reason. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of a job, so I'm going to use the master's stuff, and I'm going to make friends so I can get a better job in the future. God says to us, you take what I entrust to you, and you use it now for your future benefit. Because when you use it for my glory I will reward you. That's what he's saying. Now, the second part of this verse is a little bit hard. And he says, The master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. The sons of this age are the unbelievers. He said they're more shrewd. They know how to get along. They know what to do in relation with their own kind. The unbelievers know how to get along with unbelievers and use things better than the sons of light. Sons of light are believers. And it's true. Sometimes the unbelieving world knows how to use the things of this world better than we do. Everything that God has put in this world is for us to use for His glory. And we don't always think about it. He says, there's more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. Oftentimes, unbelievers know how to use things for their benefit better than believers knowing how to use the things of this world for our future benefit. It's true. You you realize that everything you have is God's. He's entrusted it to you. And we're to use it for future benefit, for, for bringing glory to God and Him saying to us, well Done. So it's a little bit hard passage because this unrighteous steward actually gets praised by his master because he used the master's possessions for his future benefit. Watch what Jesus says. The goal and end results. Watch what he says. And I say to you, this is Jesus talking, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. Now, what is he saying? He's saying, make friends for yourselves. In other words, by the use of, of he calls it wealth of unrighteousness. The word wealth is mammon. It just means possessions. It means material things. He calls it material mammon of unrighteousness because he's talking about a fallen world. He's saying, take the things of this world, the money, the possessions, the things of this world, and use them 
use the things of this world. So when they fail, and they will, and the word fail means come to an end. All material things in this world are going to come to an end. A lot of them are coming to an end right before our eyes. You go out to your car and you go, this thing's tearing up right in front of me, right? Things come to an end and they're all going to come to an end because the whole world's going to be what? It's going to be burned up at the end. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. All material things are going to be gone. He says, make friends by the means of the mammon of unrighteousness, the, the whole fallen world system things, so that when it ends, they will receive you into eternal dwellings, the place of eternal rewards. Use the things of this world so we'll be rewarded. So Jesus is saying, be wise in the use of the things of this world, the material things, the things I've given you as you go through this life, the things he's entrusted to us, so that in the future there'll be a benefit for us, we'll be rewarded. He says, when you have, when you received into the eternal dwellings. The master praises the steward for using the things to gain a future benefit. God wants us to use the things of this world for future benefit. As we use the things entrusted to us for the glory of God, we'll be faithful stewards. Now, the key is faithfulness. And I want you to see one verse, verse 10. I'm going to end with this. We're going to start with verse 10 next week and get into more details next time. But verse 10, I think we got it, says, He is faithful in little, be faithful in much, unrighteous in little, unrighteous in much. Listen to the words. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Do you realize... We can tell the whole idea of faithfulness, the whole idea of service all goes back to how we do the little things. He says it is required of stewards to be found faithful. How you deal with the little things in life are going to show how you deal with the big things in life. There are people who say, I don't have very much money. Boy, if I had a lot more money, I'd give a lot more away. Let me tell you something. What are you doing with the little that you have now? If you're not giving away very much now, you won't give away very much if you have a lot more. How are you using your time? If you're wasting your time now, you say, boy, I wish I had more time. You got more time. If you're not faithful in the little things of life, you're not going to be faithful in the big things. This is what he says. He who is faithful, if you are faithful in little things, you're faithful in much. And if you are unrighteous in the little things, you're not going to be, you're going to be unrighteous also in the much. Think about your life. You know, the Christian life is not big events. It's day after day, moment by moment, faithfulness. That's why it's called the walk of the Christian life. Walk worthy of your calling in which you've been called. It is step by step. People are always saying, let's do something big. Why don't you just do something today? Because if you're not faithful in the day-to-day things, you're not going to be faithful in the big things. And if you are, if you are faithful day after day after day, you're going to be faithful when the big things come, and they will. I talk to people about ministry, pastors in this town. They're all saying, what we've got to do is get everybody together and have a big event. Uh-uh. Ministry's not done in big events. Ministry is done day after day as you use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given to you and as you impact a life at a time, moment by moment.
And when you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the big things. And if you're not faithful in the little things on how you use your time, how you use your money, how you use your gifts, how you use your talents and abilities, if you're not faithful in these little things moment by moment, you're not going to be faithful in the big things. So don't be saying, God, I want you to use me to do something big if you're not faithful to do something little because that's how he judges it. If I just had more money, no. You know what the statistic shows? The statistic shows this, that people who make under $20,000 a year give 5.6% of their income away. People who make $100,000 or more give 1% of their income away. The more money people make, the less percentage they give away. It's because they're not faithful in the little. Most aren't. They're not faithful in the big. If we are faithful in little things, we'll be faithful in the big things. It's called character. We're going to see more about this next time. What are we saying? Jesus teaches about stewardship. He said, steward is one entrusted responsibility from the master to the owner. He gives the parable of the unrighteous steward. He acts shrewdly to use the things now to gain future benefits. Believers, we're to use the things of this world that God has entrusted to us now for future benefit. And the key is faithfulness. Let me give you application. The first one is this. Let's, let us understand stewardship. Let's understand what it is. Everything we have... Understand that everything we have comes to us from God. Everything. He's entrusted it to us. Our time, our money, our possession, our spiritual gifts, our lives, everything from God. We are to be wise stewards uh, of, of our great master. We are to use it. We are, uh, one day, one day, you're going to stand before your Savior. And what he's going to say is, how did you do with the time, the money, the possessions, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, all of these things I gave you, how did you do? Were you a faithful steward? Is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or, as 1 John 2 says, are we going to be ashamed at his coming? This steward in this passage was ashamed at the master's coming because the master said, get in here, I want an accounting, you can't be my steward anymore. When we stand before our Savior, have we used the things that he's entrusted to us? So number two, let's be wise, faithful stewards. A. Use the things of this world for future benefit. Now, we're not, some people say, well, that sounds like it's, uh, uh, it's selfish. No, no. He's saying the things that he has given to us in this world, use them for his glory, and it will be future benefit when we stand before our Savior. Use the time, the material things of this world, our possessions, our money, all for the glory of God, and when we stand before our Savior, there will be future benefit. And the key, B, the key in ministry is faithfulness. Let's be faithful to use what God has entrusted to us. Understand, how we use our money, our possessions, our things, is a proving ground for faithfulness in ministry. If we're not faithful in the little, we won't be faithful in the big. If we are faithful in the little things... You will be faithful in the big things. In fact, verse 11 says, Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, he says, if you had not been faithful in the use of material things, who will entrust the true riches to you? That's the spiritual aspect. May we understand our responsibility as stewards of our God and Savior. May we use all that is entrusted to us for God's glory so that we'll be wise and faithful stewards. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a passage. Thank you for these great truths. Lord, may we understand what stewardship is, that everything we have comes from you.
our time, our money, our gifts, our, uh, everything, everything is from you. And we want to use it for your honor and your glory. Lord, we want to be wise stewards. Take the things that you've entrusted to us now and use them so that not only will you get the glory, but it will be a future benefit for us. Lord, we know that the key is to be found faithful, and that's what we want to do. May we do it. Lord, thank you for the people in this body, in this church. May we take the things that you've entrusted to us even now and use them for your glory so that one day when we stand before you, you will say, well done, good and faithful servant, and it will be for for our benefit. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.